You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral with me, Adam Smith, and the legend Joe Cole. Joe, how you been, mate? Been a couple of weeks, what you been up to? Just stuck in and diving, mate. <laughs> yeah, I moved to London, so I actually went I actually went playing out on my bike the other day. Oh, did I had you? nothing to do, dropped the kids off yeah. at their clubs. All my mates were at work, so I just got on my bike and just had a little drive around London. Not like none of that like proper stuff with the lycras like. Right, you're not a lycra <laughs> man. No, 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 no. No. I was ducking and diving in and out of the parks, a few coffees there, read a paper there. I had a lovely day, just reminded me, yeah, when I was a kid. Brilliant. I'm gonna introduce our guest, Joe, and I've got I've got so much information, I have to read it off because this is quite incredible. Our guest today, listen to this, mm. England women's all-time top goal scorer. 46 goals in 117 appearances. She's a legend at Arsenal, of course, where she scored, listen to this, mate, 125 <laughs> goals in 144 games for Arsenal. That is... Messi and Ronaldo. Unbel- it is, isn't it? Soccer icon in the United States represented a country at four European Championships, two World Cups, London 2012 Olympics, of course. She's an MBE, 20 trophies for Arsenal ladies. It is, of course, Kelly Smith. Kelly, Thank you for having us. Anything that I missed out from that? I think you've got nailed it all on that piece of paper. There we go. Um, unbelievable record, isn't it? That's some resume. And the biggest thing, the biggest compliment I can play Kelly's when, when we work with all the girls um, at BT or in the media, yeah. and I always say, who's the best player? Who's your <laughs> Kelly Smith. And they've all hold her in such high esteem. And as a footballer, that's what you want. You More than anything, you want your mm. fellow professionals. And they, I've not met one... One of the women's footballers who I've worked with who hasn't said that Kelly's the best player they've mm. played with. So that's, that is for me, that's the biggest compliment you can pay as a footballer. It's nice. And of course, you two yeah. know each other well because you're doing your badges together. So yeah. uh, how, how was that experience, Kelly? Yeah, we did a, a UEFA B licence, yeah. didn't we, on, on the grass. Um, it was good because there were so many good former pros on that licence yeah. that there was so much knowledge and information being shared that I really learned a lot from it and mm. I got my B licence Went on to do my A licence, but then obviously fell pregnant. Um, so I backed off a little bit, yeah. raising children. But yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a good course to be involved with because of the, the amount of good players that were on it and learning the profession Yeah, and then taking that great, knowledge away. And I, le- I, I learned a lot. It was Faye, Kelly and Rachel Yankee were yeah. as, at, at the girls. And then there were some good players. But there's also lads, because I don't know how it works, is if you've got a professional contract... It was a PFA course, so you okay. you can get on the course. So there's a couple of boys, all, all good lads. There was a couple of boys there who had one professional contract, and he was he was an kind of electrician or a plumber, wow. and and he was there and he was getting all their experience. And it, and the way it's set up is you you join in the session. So if someone's in a session, so Rachel played, and she was on the left wing. And this I said to this fella, "What what position?" I said, "I'm a right back." <laughs> so I've got. <laughs> And like, he was a bit, he's a bit chubby. I'm sorry if he's listening. He's a bit, a bit chubby. Like, yeah. like, you know, he's obviously he ain't kicked the ball in 15 years. Yeah. And Rachel was absolutely skinning him. Really? It was like, yeah. <laughs> and he, I thought he was, he was turning, he was turning beetroot. I think he didn't know what he like. She, she was just, she was a winger, wasn't she? Yeah. She was like, pacey. She was carving him open, and he was like, he couldn't get, he was blowing out of his backside. <laughs> I like the way he said that. It was good fun. I mean, yeah, I just, uh, I enjoyed, it. and I learned a lot. That's the first residential course I'd, I'd right. went on. Um, like well, we was there every day but it was good Kelly so do you, is that something you want to get into then coaching you said you've had kids is that, does that change your mindset yeah a bit? It, it was obviously when you play in uh, you give everything yeah. day in day out you focus mm. your energy your, your main focus is 
performing in training and in games. And that's how I feel like you need to be as a coach. I couldn't believe when I did my coaching badges, the prep that goes into really? the sessions, the session planning is how you go from the warm up into the next bit, into mm. the next bit. And you, we had to write it all down. I felt like I was a writer at the end of it. <laughs> Did you, yeah. it was so much that you had to fill out your book and you had to do it in their way. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then obviously when you go out and you, you coach, you, you have to add your own style to it. So I, I did enjoy the B license, but then I got pregnant and my whole, obviously being pregnant coaching, it was hard because I was a bit out, out of breath. But then when I had my, my son, Rocco, um, my whole focus changed. I wanted to get back into coaching, but then when I had him, it's like, well, I want to raise him now. I want to be at home with mm. him. I didn't want to be traveling up and down the country, giving my weekends away, giving, you know, when you travel out of country three or four days that you're away. Mm. I didn't want to be away from him. I wanted to be at home raising him. I didn't want to pay a nanny to look after my children. Yeah. So mm. my focus come back a little bit. I started to do a little bit of radio and TV and then I could pick and choose the hours yeah. that I could yeah. work. Um, so right now where I'm at in my life, I've got another two-year-old little girl. So I've got a four and a two-year-old. So they keep me on my toes at home and I can pick right. and choose the work that I do. So yeah. I can't fully get myself into a manager or a coaching role because I'm not fully there. I'm not fully focused. I'm raising my two young kids at home. So yeah. it's not to say that I won't get into it when they maybe go to school and I've got more time on my hands but I feel like you have to be in it like you yeah. like I was a player. Fascinating to hear that so many things that if, you, if you're not in it and on the game you, you sort of take for granted I suppose with with being a professional player or manager or coach um, I've got to ask you about Joe what was he like as a student was he well behaved? He was yeah and he's like, he's, <laughs> you and it was great to share the field the training yeah. pitch with him because he's a legend yeah. in his own right you know England international in proper Chelsea kitchen. man yeah, and to play kitchen. with him on the, on the pitch and see him in yeah. his skill and his technique and his vision in, in live was yeah. absolutely brilliant for me so yeah he was he was yeah. you know a he was talking a few times out out of um, <laughs> when he shouldn't be. Shock. But um, yeah, no, it was great to to be involved. Yeah. I like the love in the room, but le- yeah. legends from each other. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of lot of respect going around the table. I like that. Yeah, no, and no, it's admirable because it's, it's a it's a balance when you've played like Kelly. Like you, you know, you went and lived in America. Like mm. Kelly's journey would is not like I've always said this when I speak to the girls, and like, it's the men's path is was when we was growing up was a, is a beaten path. We knew what we was doing, but mm. Kelly and the girls, Karen Carney, who's been on the pod, who worked with, I love working with Karen. It they were trailblazers. Like mm. they've developed. There was no. I think there's a there's the. Um, didn't you have to pay to when you paid to play when you was young? It's like it's completely different to what what the young girls see now. Yeah. Because, because mm. of people like Kelly. So I know you've probably relayed the, relayed the story so many times, but like how was that? Like what do you basically what do you see in the game now? Would you have liked to have been starting now or would you have liked to have had your journey? It's a good question because obviously my generation played during that yeah. that time, like you said, where we were having to pay £60 a year, £70 a year to play the game for, for referees, for yeah. kit, yeah. For, for pitches. Um, we were wearing men's kit, big baggy kit. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was not professional at mm. all. We tried to be as professional as we could. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we struggled with that. But that's all we had at the time. There was no real professional league. Mm. Now you've come full circle. There's sort of twenty odd years mm. it's taken to get to this level, mm. and now there is a full time professional women's league in this country. And for me, it's the best league in the world um, yeah. at the minute because of the sponsorship that's come on board, the TV yeah. deals that are coming now. All the top international players want to play in this league. So yeah, would I like to be ten, fifteen years younger? You know, I, I, maybe to be in this yeah. generation of, of players now, but I think I was put on this planet to help raise the profile of women's yeah. football, and I think I did, 
an okay job at that. I like that. It's a great <laughs> Let, Let's talk about yeah, your career then, Kelly, because there's so much to dissect. Um, firstly, you went over to America at quite a young age and, and you were quite strong in, in your words that you used there about the English game, saying that it was a bit of a joke at the time. Mm. So I suppose, first, I just wanted to ask you how difficult that was going to America, because you must have been, what, 17, 18 when you, when you went there? Yeah, I was 17 and my goal and my ambition as a, as a young kid, like it probably mm. was for Joe, was to always be a professional footballer. But there yeah. was no professional elite level in England. Yeah. How so, that must be so tough though. Yeah, it was, It was. Uh, you know, I got kicked off of two boys teams when I was younger for being the best player because I was a girl, yeah, which wow. really hurt because all I wanted to do was play football. And I was always the best player, but because of my gender, yeah. it was the parents, not the parents yeah. of the team that I was playing with. It was the opposition parents hated the fact that I was a girl, like dribbling around all yeah. their sons and scoring, you know, five, yeah. six goals a game. Mm. So, yeah, I mean... When the I got scouted by a US um, university to to go out to the states, and for me, yeah. it wasn't professional, <clears throat> but I was training every day on yeah. a ball. Um, you know, you go to university from nine till one, and then you train yeah. with your team in the afternoon. And the reason why I left was because at Arsenal we were only training two evenings a week, and you know, wow. two two wow. nights touching a ball is not where you want to be, and you're not developing. So. For me to go put myself out of my comfort zone at the age of 17 and put myself in, in New Jersey at university it was a big move for me, but something that I needed to do yeah. to develop my professional career. Yeah, I just want to ask you, like, because it's, it must be so tough as a, as a young girl to, not to make that move, but to have the, the determination to do that. Like, there have been a lot of... A lot of girls that are just probably... You must have seen it. It was, oh, there's no path there. Mm. I'll just go and do something else. But you must have been so determined, Kel, just to go and up sticks at that age and go cross the side of the mm. world to do it. That it was have... very daunting. Yeah. Um, but I had to do it to follow my dream, to follow my passion and my heart, to, mm. to hopefully be a professional one day. And I knew women's football in America was bigger mm. than what it was in England. There was no professional league yet there yet. Yeah. It happened when I was out there. I went out in 99 yeah. um, and the women's game out there was booming because the US women's team just won the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So it was alive. Everybody, they become household names. Brandy Chastain, Mia Hamm, Christine yeah. Lilly. Mm. So I was in and amongst that. And then mm. once I graduated from university, the professional league started. So I was straight into it. So then I was yeah. like, wow, I put myself in this position and now I'm a full-time professional. And I remember standing yeah. there, my first professional game and the national anthem. Yeah. <clears throat> of the US, USA National Anthem and I just had tears rolling down my yeah. cheeks because it was the fireworks were going off you yeah, know like yeah, the big American yeah. they like yeah. to go over the top yeah, yeah. but I just had tears because this was my dream I've, yeah. you know I'm professional now I've, I've kind of made it Wow. Was it, was it, were you quite homesick? Was it, I mean, it, aside from the, the, the challenges that you had within the women's game, obviously the challenges you might have had going to a different country that, that's far away, mm. cultures, all, all of that kind of oh, thing, yeah. and being away from friends and family, that must have been quite tough as it well. It was so difficult. Um, so many times I was on the phone crying to my parents and want to come home because mm. I was quite a shy, right. reserved mm. character back then, didn't really know, wasn't yeah. comfortable around people. Um, and when I first got out there, I couldn't play yeah. because of the something to do with my grades hadn't transferred o over. Right. So I couldn't really express myself on the football pitch and get to know people because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was shy. So I wasn't really going to go engage in conversations yeah. and that. And I couldn't play. And yeah, it was just, it took me a good three or four months um, just to settle in. But I could have, you know, jacked it in and said, mm. yeah. come home. But my mum was like, let's speak next Sunday. Let's speak. And then we, mm. it, the, the time periods would get longer and I'd be coming more comfortable yeah, in that I environment. Mean, I mean, what I, like, it's similar, but when I went to the national school at 14, yeah. you, I mean, that's only up in Telford, mm. but the, my, my mum and dad were up, like, I'd ring up homesick and I oh, had enough. And then they'd be on the, wow. in the car to come and get me. And then by the time they got to Watford Gap, <laughs> yeah. 
I'd rung up. It's always what the gap. Yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> so, I'm all right now. I'm all right <laughs> yeah. now. Like, because well. he, he's tough. For, like, I think people people see the finished article mm. and they don't see the journey. Like, you know, there's so many there's so many guys in the pub who could have made it, but got an injury or mm. discovered drink and whim, whatever. But there's so many little hurdles you have to go over mm. mentally to get to where you got to go, and and that is like an extraordinary to go that far. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't have gone there. You couldn't at have done that. that. Age. No, 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 I couldn't. I don't. You don't, you don't know. Look, needs must. If it was like, if Kelly would have seen that as the only route mm. to the top, then maybe I could have done it. But like looking back now, as I was maturity wise as a mm. seventeen year old, it would have been that must have been tough. Did you both find that that then you played with players in your career that that had incredible amount of talents, but actually the other things that come within the game, move, moving abroad or, or having to yeah. be away from friends and family that, that, that couldn't deal with that, which, which is fair enough for whatever reason. But yeah. did, did you both find that? There were yeah, well, some really talented individuals that yeah. never quite made it because of those reasons. Yeah, 100%. And when you're from inner London, uh, uh, kids, you know, kids who, um, who just didn't have the, the family structures to take them and then, mm. you know, little nothing's ever smooth sailing in any sport so there's always bumps and if you ain't got that stomach inside you that mm. fire to go through that or you haven't got the support network around you you lose so many people and players to it girls and, and boys you know what i mean there's a few players that i played with that yeah. could have made it for england but really? just didn't have that that fire in the belly mm. didn't want to push themselves to that extra bit in fitness mm. training to get to the next level yeah and they fell away. They had all the talent and skill yeah. in the world, but they just didn't have that that grit, that determination, yeah. that resilience to push mm. themselves to, to be better. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Kelly, is your, your career, it's fascinating that the clubs that you went to, you were Arsenal, then back to Arsenal, then you mm. went, went to America. So that time that you were playing in and amongst the American League and the English League, what, what were the sort of main differences and challenges that, that you faced? Um, the differences, probably in the <clears throat> the English League, um, it was more skillful. The players were technically better. Was that um, even when, like in your own words, you're saying the American League was, was it a better st- standard, or, or there was more money or, or, or focus in the game? The, the English League technically was still the, stronger, th- always stronger, was it? I think the players were technically a little bit better, but in mm. in the US, it was all about mentality and, right. and never losing, putting mm. that in. You know, we had to wear shin pads in training because mm. the tackles were flying in. Wow. And the, the Americans hate to lose, and they still do now yeah. at the at the elite end in the, the the national team level. But the game was a lot more physical. The players were more built because mm. they, their emphasis and focus is really about strength and, and in the gym and being yeah. as big and, and as physical as possible. So it was a real physical league. But in terms of there was a lot of turnovers, so you're up right. and back. So the mm. the play was okay, but I would have preferred to stay in England and and mm. be on that technical mm. element. And we've got to talk about the goal record, Joe. I mean, your yeah. goal record is ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And, and Kenny, like, I would be right in saying, like, you, you didn't always, from what I'm watching you play, you wasn't always on the shoulder, like, running, like, you, you'd mm. come into pockets and your mm. goals were all, like, it was like, like a messy. You could drive past players and it wasn't like an out-and-out poacher, mm. no, but, like, to, to score that amount of goals. I mean, yeah. The only, other, the only other person in the men's league who's got that kind of record who isn't uh, like a, a, a poacher on the shoulder is, is, is Messi mm. like his goal scoring is ridiculous because he doesn't even he's not even a number nine like Ronaldo for me is yeah, you know, I mean, number nine for 10, play, yeah. 12 years yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice comparison. It's isn't nice, it? isn't it? Nice comparison. <laughs> yeah, but no, I like to play in the pocket. Yeah. I can play as a nine and drop deep yeah. and spin off into the into mm. the space. But I like to get the ball in those areas and either play the ball through mm. for the for the winger or for the striker or drive at the players to commit. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, they were like they, they weren't all tapping. They're not oh. like all tap. Like, some some weldies. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have a favourite moment? 
career moment? Because, um, as I said, 20 trophies alone with Arsenal. I think one of my favourite goals was against Russia in the Euros in 2009 mm. in Finland. And the goalkeeper had the ball and she kicked it out of her hands. And I was just at the top of the 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 D, yeah. the centre circle. <clears throat> and the ball didn't even bounce. And I just picked it up once, it. just followed it up and then just mm. whacked it back over her head. And I think that was... Because it was so instinctive and yeah. just... Yeah. I knew I had the power in my legs just to, to volley yeah. it back over. I think that was a special goal that always stays with stays me. Stays in mind, yeah. And do you put a lot of your success down to the fact that, that you did have experiences in both... I imagine the fact you had experiences in both America and in mm. England from such a young age helped you develop your game so much. Because I imagine not many people ha- had that at that time. Yeah, I learned so much when I was out in the States mm. in terms of mentality and, and winning and running until you're sick. You know, mm. these players that I... Mm. trained with day in day out these US national team players they just it's inbred in them to win and I think that when I was over there really hit home with me and I brought that back into the England fold and kind of led those teachings into the England team and hopefully my teammates followed with that mentality because technically at the time the England players were very very good but we were just missing something we were missing that little key fitness element and the mentality to to win when it mattered similar to like the, the, the the uh, the men's team, like obviously Phil took over and he had his spell, mm. and you know he, he did good. He got to deep into one. What what's going to take us to that next level to become world champions? What do we need? Because a bit I, of luck. I, I, yeah, but you need a bit of luck. <laughs> yeah. We all we both need a bit of luck, but we seem to be creeping closer, men's yeah. and women's, yeah, into doing it. You know, and hopefully we're going into a golden age. And you've got the women's Euros next summer as well, which is massive, yeah, it's massive, absolutely massive. massive tournament. Especially as the men did so well yeah. Yeah. this year, and you see everybody. Yeah, we're still not over on. that. You <laughs> and I are still not over that penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's back in love with the England team now, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. After so many years of not performing so well, yeah. so now they've done well. Hopefully, the women now can step they up. Need, they and need... It's a home Euros, so the home yeah. support's going to be there. It's a little bit more added pressure, but I think the, the girls I, are going to love that. I reckon it's going to be amazing. I reckon the, the, the fans will turn out. I reckon. Yeah, full houses everywhere. The girls can like get on that one, like I said, keep that momentum mm. going, have a great tournament. Maybe dare we say even win it. Mm. Imagine that then the men going into like that's what I'm saying. Oh like, yeah, success, you know, success breeds success. You know, like it's, it's coming together. I think so. the manager's going to help too. There's a new manager coming yeah. in, um, Serena Vagman, right? Who is uh, was with the Dutch yeah. team, and right. she's got experience of winning the Euros with that team. So right. she's okay, done it as a manager. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. huge. So when you bring that into the England fold mm. um, and that mentality, I think that's mm. the key key part to it. But yes. I think technically the players that England have now, attacking wise, yeah. Lauren Hemp, Frank Herbie, yeah. these players get you off your yeah, seat. Yeah, and yeah. Lauren James, who Chelsea yeah, decided, yeah, these yeah. are three abs- absolutely technically gifted players mm. that can break down any defence. I think defensively we have to yeah. be a bit, little bit more solid yeah. in terms of bringing the ball out. There's too many yeah. mistakes at the back at yeah. times. So I think the new manager coming in knows that and will... Um, yeah. fine-tune those little yes, details. It's exciting tournament, isn't it? And that, you, you read some of the pre-ticket sales already. It's set to be, I think, record-breaking numbers. Yeah. At, at and the, the games stadiums. are, at, I think, uh, Wembley, Old Trafford. Wembley, Old Trafford. It's all, yeah, big, all around cities, huge stadiums, mm. loads of tickets. Sold. It should be fantastic. Can't wait for that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, because you've been very open in a lot of interviews that I've seen, Kelly, about some of the, we, we've mentioned the highlights you had in your career, mm. the trophies you've won, the goals you've scored, an amazing mm. career. You also had some some sort of down moments, should we say, with injuries and, 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 and other things that came from that. So I, I don't know if you're happy to talk about yeah, that, but how difficult those moments were and how you overcame those moments. Yeah, no, it's been well documented. I was out in the States and I, my first professional season was running down the wing and just 
turned to kick the ball and I heard this pop in my knee and went to the hospital in pain and ACL. Did you know straight away when you yeah. had the pop it was a serious yeah. one? I was talking myself out of it when I was on the oxygen thinking, oh. it's, mm. it's, you know, it can't happen. But I knew, because just from the, the sensation and that, that noise... Mm. Um, yeah, so it was a long process um, to recover from that. It was mm. six months out. And all my injuries that I've had, you know, I had two knee surgeries, two broken legs, uh, three, uh, mm. three ankle ligaments ripped off my ankle bone. So, But my first injury, I couldn't cope with it. As I said before, I was out in the States, no mm. family, no real close friends nearby, and I just didn't know how to cope. I expressed myself through football and I, it was taken away mm. from me. I lost my identity and I just used alcohol to lift me up, to make me feel yeah. better and um, just got spiralled a little bit out of control. I was still in the rehab room doing my stuff, but I'd come home and I'd drink by myself just to forget about it and then wake up the next morning and do the same thing again. It was just a long process. And then my first game back, after coming back from that, the second season, I went up for a header, come down on the same knee. I got clouted and I heard a crack. So I was out again for another nine months. So these injuries aren't like little muscle pulls or strains that are out for weeks. That was your first game back, as you said. First game back against the New York team. And the same mentality and same process happened. I just couldn't deal with it. I hated seeing my teammates going out and train. And I was one-on-one in the treatment room with the the physio. And it killed me. I was so isolated, so alone. Didn't know who I was anymore because Mm. football was who I was. Mm. And I I didn't have it. So the cycle happened again and started drinking. Was it the same cycle? I was just about to ask that. The drink continued with the second injury. Same. How how did you get back to fitness then? If if you had the injury and you were drinking, it it seems like a... Almost a recipe for disaster, that. Yeah, no, I mean, once I was back on the pitch, during the rehab from when I wasn't playing, once I started running and playing again, you know, my drinking Mm, subsided a little bit. So I was able to train at a full, full level. But my dad knew, my dad knew that something was wrong um, when I broke my leg the the third season from a tackle from behind, Mm. that he knew that I was very distant. Was it it your dad who... Forget the injury, but the the mindset, the mentality. Who who pulled you out of that? My dad, yeah. Well, he he knew something was wrong Mm. um, with my mentality and how I was as a person. I was very withdrawn. Yeah. And he said, right, I'm coming out. I'm on the next flight out and you're coming home. So, How important is that support network? Because it must be so difficult. I can't relate to, you know... Fulfilling your dream and playing in, in such a huge moment, getting injured, and then getting injured again in, in, in your first game back, and yeah. and being on your own as well. So, how important is that support network? Oh, I imagine there's so many players, men I, and women, that, that yeah. go through this. I didn't have a support network mm. out there. Mm. All my support was at back home, and it was so difficult for me to verbalise and reach yeah. out that I needed help because that's the the weak thing to do. That's yeah. in my mind, but actually, it's a strong thing to do yeah. to say yeah. I need help. So, I was just in this vicious cycle. It's, yeah. in, it's interesting. So, like, it's about like. Like your identity because I think football I suffered injuries mid middle to the back end of my career yeah. and it's like you, you know you don't think about it you are your identity is as a footballer mm. like you and it's there's no one there to really explain that to you like you have to sort of I had to figure it out for myself look yeah you, you, you're Joe and you play football and I was playing with Chelsea in England but, mm. but, but you're more than that you know you're a you're a you're a husband mm. you're a I wasn't a father at the time. Your father, you're a friend. You know, you like this other... And, and so much of the problem, I think, with young people coming through, there's so much intensity in them to make it. So when they get an injury, it's so difficult to cope because they they're, they're just see themselves as a footballer. And when that gets taken away, it, it's hard to, to cope with. You have to come through it to look back and go, like, Kelly's nose now, like, that's why, because she couldn't express herself on the pitch. That's why I went down the wrong road. But it's great that we come to... 
period now where we can talk about things on, yeah. on any platform, on, yeah. on, this, on any platform. And, and young kids listening, or adults, they can, they can, you know, they can, okay, right, so, and they can navigate themselves out of it a bit quicker. So it's good that we're in that place. And also, how much respect do you have for Kelly for going through what she's been through and coming out of it and having an unbelievable career? Yeah, well... Not just respect for her, but actually as a role model for other young women and men that w- might be going through something similar. Mm. They hear your story and it, it, it's one that will inspire them, wouldn't it? Yeah, it will inspire them. And, and, and coming back from injuries, I had done my knee, my ACL, and I was never the same yeah, player. Absolutely. I yeah. was never the same yeah. player. I did it at 29... And I'd had lots of mileage on the legs, so maybe, but I was never the same player. Why do you think that was? Um, well, I did. I was ACL, PCL, MCL, oh. any other CLs that are in there. Right? <laughs> you just blew it all out. Just basically <laughs> did everything, and I think <clears throat> I started at seventeen. I mm. did my knee at twenty-nine, and what was for me was I wasn't smart enough to adjust my game afterwards. I, in my mind, I wanted to be the same player, but I could never twist and turn as much as I. It was just never the same, no matter mm. how much strength I'd done mm. with it. But I should have adjusted my game, and I didn't. And then and then the muscle injuries started coming round it. So it was not big injuries after that. It was like, I'd play, get in the team, play three or four games, start feeling good, maybe score a goal or something, and then, bang, I'd pull a muscle out for six weeks. And then mm. so you lose the, the nature of the beast, you lose your start. rhythm, yeah. you lose your rhythm, and the Premier League was... And plus, I was getting old. I was turned 30 during my, my knee injury. So I was slowing down as well. Mm. And I just didn't... I think a good manager a good manager might have helped me. Because when I went to France, the, good, the best season I had after my knee injury was when I went to France with Lille, yeah. with Rudy Garcia, who's now Lyon manager. And he recognised that. We had, the help that we had Hazard and Payette in the team as well. Yeah, good team, that one, not So, yeah. so he, he sort of... He, he said, look, I'm gonna, he planned. He said, we'll play this game, this game, this game. We're going to play you. You don't train this day because I had a bit mm-hmm. swelling. And he sort of managed me, and I've, I played 30, 40 games that season, and, and probably the best best I played after my knee injury. And um, but when when I come back, managers weren't couldn't accept that I couldn't train every day, and so they wouldn't put me in the team. And then right. I'd have to fight back into the team by training every day, yeah. get into the Hurting team, yourself even and then more. It, you delay, play, yeah, play, play, and then and then you know I, I remember at Liverpool with Brendan, I'd. I, 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 Try so hard to get back in the team. I'd come off the bench, scored a goal. This was on a Thursday night. I come off with a tight hamstring on in the game, 75 minutes. So I played well. I got a chance to play mm. on Sunday, three days later. But my, it was just wasn't right. It wasn't right. I knew it was going to... I knew it was going to tear. Yeah. And I was like, it's going to tear. I know it. I couldn't train, couldn't train. And then the manager would, like, cop the hump with you and... You know, you give you that vibe that he's yeah. not happy with you. You're yeah. not tough, not tough to play. I'm like, I know but you my know, body. You know your body. Yeah. Yeah. You know you better than anyone. And yeah. and then uh, and then played, pulled a muscle, mm. and then don't speak to you for three, four weeks, right. and then it's, mm. it's a cycle. So you need, I think we're better equipped now to understand when players are in that part of their career. Yeah, how to manage them, and you know, no one owes you nothing in football. Mm. So the manager's job is to get results. Yeah. So, you know, I don't hold a grudge against. Uh, any of the managers at the back end of my career that didn't help because I'm paid by the club mm. and you know I, yeah. it is what it is they got, they got they've got to win the game yeah. on Saturday and it's not about whether we managed Joe Cole through a, uh, his injuries well we, he's I'm an asset and, and again again at West Ham same sim, similar things happened when we went back to West Ham played some good games and then but then would break down play some good games break down and I remember we got to the point where I was like, right, 
they actually tried to manage me, right? So it was like, okay, it was, it was okay. Played on boxing down to 26, right? And they was like, right, usually Sam, Sam was saying, well, you don't play now for the next one, but because we needed to play on the 28th. Mm. So I was like, all right, so you want me to play on the 26th and the 28th yeah. now because that's what suits you. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah, they do because you're, you're paid to it and that's what you've got to do. So I played on the 26th and the 28th. I don't think I walked properly until the 31st. <laughs> he remembers right, it vividly. And I'm yeah. 32 at the time and yeah. I haven't played more than two games in a week for a long, long time. So it's, there's, we're in a better place, I feel, to help the situation like Kelly's mentality, you know, how she felt as a young player coming mm. through. We set up better to look after footballers yeah. now physically and mentally, which is good. Yeah, I think that, that, is a good that can only be a positive. It uh, it's fascinating hearing your story, Kelly. There's so much we can talk about. But mm. we've got to get your thoughts on the Premier League as well because one of your former clubs, I think it's only right we start with Arsenal. Joe, because we, we yeah. spoke about a lot of other clubs um, and we haven't spoken about Arsenal in great to? detail <laughs> yet. <laughs> exactly why. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, Man right? City against Arsenal, <laughs> early kickoff. Do you fear for your old club for this one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. After the start that we've had, obviously mm. losing against Brentford was not the start that mm. we wanted and not ideal. Um, yeah, and then obviously the the performance against Chelsea was mm. just woeful. Mm. It was like men against boys and Lukaku just bullied our two yeah. centre-halves yeah. and you, I fear for us going into the game at this weekend, I really do. Yeah. Well, well you, you, that's a choice for Pete. Um, you wouldn't be a sane Arsenal fan if you didn't fear for your team. Having mm. watched, I watched both games, the Chelsea game yeah. and the Brentford game. Kelly's right, they was just off it, mm. off it. And the sad thing is for Arsenal and Arsenal fans was it looked like mentality and mindset over ability. Do you, you think there's, a, I, there's a little an bit, issue with the mentality of Arsenal? I, I always, when I talk about Arsenal, I don't know, I always, I want to separate Tierney Saka and Smith Rowe mm. from the criticism you give to the group because them three players I think are like a shining light. Yeah, I think the mentality. Like you look at all the incidents, you can go back like and, and the incidents of Arsenal players. You, you know when when Jacker was shouting at the fans and you know things like this and the, the way that the, the, they, they 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 folded in games. Mm. You know, but the Brentford game for me was even more glaring than, than the, the Chelsea game because you got the start of the season. You go Brentford, you know that that is going to be a cauldron. Yeah, under the lights, first game in the Premier League for Brentford. Right. You, know, you know there's going to be an absolute. So, so, so you know them players have to be prepared mentally for that. You've got Ivan Tony, you've got all the footage, you know what he's going to do, he's going to back into you, he's going to, you know, all that. And, and they just looked like they was just. They weren't up for the fight. They weren't were they? up for it. Yeah. Like, and it's, that's hard. Mm. I, I would have hated that as a player. Mm. Someone had criticised me, I can't do this, I can't do that. But to say that, yeah. that would be the, big, the biggest criticism you could say. And, and this is one thing that I've, I'm going to say. But the young lad that they put up for the media after that game, that, you know, you know how it works. Like, you know, you get told nowadays by the press mm. officer, through the manager, go and do the media. Yeah. That <clears> needed to be the captain or the manager on a on a... That, as devastating a, a, a performance and a result as that was for Arsenal but to put a young lad up like that that, that kind of decisions making for me sums up where Arsenal are at the moment and Arsenal are a great club great like so classy and it's sad to see where they are 
from where they've been. Mm. For, and and it's, the, the, the it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen a few really legends is. as well, sort of Bakri Sanya, Emmanuel Petit, talking yeah. in quite strong terms about Arsenal. Yeah. Um, worth pointing out, they did have a few players out. With, with They've had a COVID outbreak, of course. Mm. Um, yeah. New players coming into the squad. They have spent money. But do you think the problems are as big as Joe makes them out to be? Do you think there is a real issue with the mentality or, 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 or as you described it, the mindset amongst yeah, Arsenal players? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that because they have talented players. They're quite young. It's a young squad. They're mm. trying to re- mm. rebuild through the youth um, aspect. I don't see any real leaders on the no. pitch when they when they play. No one having to go at anyone or pulling each other in when it, mm. when it gets tough, you know? There's yeah. no one really taking... Yeah the game by the scruff of the neck like yeah. Tony Adams would back yeah. in the day and I'm going back yeah. ages ago but you just don't see that leadership throughout the whole squad mm. and that's a worry for me how does it change what, well, what, what do they need to do to, to, to turn it around well I, well first of all first of all I think you've got a you need to I would get players back in the into the club good characters like Martin Keown, who works for us at BT Sport, I think he fills the club. Mm. You know, and, and you know, your Sol Campbells of this world, these people, dare I even say, Ashley Carls of this, you know, because I know he's more so, but like players who, who've understood and then, and players that, that the players on the pitch respect, mm. you know, because they, 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 they've all got you and get them and, and just go, right, we're going to be hard to beat. Arsenal need to be hard to beat. We used to go there with Chelsea at times. And the, the, the conversations were, and this is when they had a better players than they got now. Mm. We know what they're all about. They're gonna, they've got lovely footballs. Going to pass it, pass it. If we keep our shape, stay tight, they'll always give you a chance. They'll always give you a chance. And you always fancy Didier Drogba. I don't know what his record's like. It's about, it must be about twenty and five yeah. against them. Like and decent in cup finals, <laughs> yeah, wasn't it as well? Know, always it, turned up. It, it, and, and you'd, you'd know, and that they, they would always be. There'd be a little bit of. Um, there'd be a bit. Something would go wrong, and you'd hear them bickering amongst themselves, arguing with a ref. Did you? You felt that as players? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that bickering amongst themselves, arguing with a ref. Um, if you kicked one of them, they'd be on the floor and they'd be moaning. And then, then you sense and something you sense as a player the then pitch. that you can kind of take over the game because they're losing their mindset a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and the, and the, and the <clears throat> crowd was. Listen, it was never the new Emirates was never going to be mm. hybrid, but it would get even more quiet and a mm. bit more. Money and, and then and then all these things mm. come into the play, and then we'd go. You go a goal up, they'd open up even more mm. rather than someone like you said Kelly said a senior playing and right stay in the game for five minutes. Let's 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 be solid. Let's stay in the game, and then we'll, we'll, last ten minutes we might nick a draw out of the game. No, you know they start overlapping going forward because it's the philosophy, and then you pick holes in them and then score the second score. The, and I've seen it happen, not just Chelsea. I've seen Man, Man United used to do it to them. Mm. And that's why they, even with the great players, that, and they were great players at that time, Fabregas, Riziki. Van Persie. Van Persie, yeah. great, great yeah. players. Like, but there, was a, there wasn't enough round them who could, like, like Man United had Rio Ferdinand Vidic, we had Terry Cavallio and it's solid. So they, they, would, they would always give you a chance. Mm. What is a good season, Kelly, for Arsenal this is Realistically, what would represent oh. success for Arsenal or, or, or a positive season, should we say? I want to say top six, but I can't mm. see it happening. You can't see top six at no, all? No, not at all. No. Um, yeah, that's, that, well, that's been the goal, isn't it? Mm. Um, top four mm. to try and get into Europe. But I really don't see it happening this year just with the what I've seen so far. I mean, hopefully mm. they can change the season around. It's still mm. early. I mean, it's only yeah. two yeah, games in, but games. everyone's on Arteta's case right now. Arteta yeah. out, aren't they? Mm. Because of the poor start. But 
there's still a lot of games to play, but... Oh. Yeah, what, what do you think about this? And sort of, so you, Arteta has come in, you know, obviously you've got Edu in the front line, and Arteta, I think Arteta's held himself with, with in held himself well during this difficult time. He's, I think he mm. looks like he's got a good coach. He's got he's got an ideas of how to play. But what about the what about Edu and the people above him? You know that where I I feel in that situation, if I was responsible for bringing the players into the group, I'd want to be. If I was Edu, I'd be like, let I, I'd want to s- sit with the manager. You're talking about the recruitment in, side, the recruitment side. Yeah. But no, it's like. They're, he's up, they're up there in the director's box doing their thing and you know it's, Arteta's getting pelters mm. you know he has to shoulder some of the blame but not all of it mm. and then you've got a whole recruitment team and, and the financial people who run it they seem to be so distant from him like they need to be so, he needs to be next to him like so, helping him basically he need, Arteta needs help mm. he's a senior player around him or the, or or someone backing him I see he's got a young he's got um, his staff around him Arteta they look like good coaches, but maybe they need someone there with a bit more presence. I think mm. in that connection between the recruitment and the manager, just because it's just a mess. They, was it fourteen thousand tickets they couldn't sell or something? I don't. I want to throw the numbers in. But Arsenal, Arsenal fans usually go there in their droves, mm. and the first game back after lockdown, full house, and they had to send tickets back. Mm. That shows you where they're at. Um, Kelly, we asked you about Arsenal, what represents a good season. So, it's slight prediction there. You said you couldn't see them top six, but I'm going to get you to uh, give us your, your predictions for Premier League winners because we've done this on the first pod with, with mm. Shawnee Wright and Joe. You tipped yeah. Chelsea, didn't you? Yeah. Looking very good. Who did you tip to lift that Premier League trophy? I think I'd have to side with Joe just with the signing of Lukaku. Yeah. Mm. What's um, the signing? He oh. just makes them different up top. Yeah. His yeah. power, his strength, his speed. Yeah. He's such a better player now, having gone yeah. away and worked on his game. And mm. I think that is such a key signing yeah. for, for Chelsea. I just think, you know, if they can continue the momentum, yeah. and the confidence grows. I can't, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't see them not losing the champions. Kel, what do you think? Because how many days did the transfer window end? Three days? Four it's days? another... T- no, it's another... It's a, uh, a while, right? What, what date are we on now? Seven, six... Six, six days. Do you, do you think that changes if Harry Kane or Ronaldo turn up at Man City? I can't see him going. Mm. Can't see either going. I can't no. see um, mm. Harry Kane leaving after this whole saga mm. the past month. It's or getting so. a bit late now, isn't it? Mm. It's it's squeaky bum time. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I just I just can't see it. He, he obviously his back training was in the squad, yeah. wasn't he? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think it's too late in the day, and Daniel Levy's got. You know, not long, not long left. Obviously, thirty first of August is shut. So we were trying to work out how many days thirty first of August is yeah, away. Uh, Six yeah, days yeah. from the time of recording. Um, do, you, do you see Man City and Chelsea being, or, or Man City challenging Chelsea the most? Though, of, yeah, of the, of I the think big so. Big. Liverpool are close, close up there, um, but they haven't really added to their squad, have they? That much Liverpool in terms of mm. signing. So I think they're going to lose Salah and Mane. That's it. Two of their best Kata. players and Kater. Yeah, so the, uh, the yeah. Cup, so. should be quite an exciting one. Though, I think this year. I don't think I think Man City, Chelsea, obviously United have improved. Liverpool have got Van Dijk. Mm. I, I, I think. It'd be an exciting year. Um, got you some odds for you. Man United, who we, we didn't mention, neither of you mentioned yeah. in your discussion. I think they've a brilliant start. They look, they look good. Nine to one to win the Premier League, Joe. Uh, and if you think Arsenal... Now, I've got this. If you think Arsenal will be relegated, I don't know if that... I'm just being oh, very... You're just being nasty. I didn't write this. I didn't, I'm just reading it out. But if you do think Arsenal will be relegated from the Premier League, Coral will give you odds of 18 to one. 18? Yeah. That's skinny, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as much as Arsenal are in disarray at the moment, yeah. and, you know, I get a lot of stick. Obviously, Chelsea, because of Chelsea West Ham yeah. connections and London clubs, you get a bit of stick from Arsenal. Do you? Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like they think, and they think I'm, I'm, 
I, I, I put it on them a little bit, but yeah. I don't. I'm actually. I'm. I, I know lots and lots of Arsenal fans, and I'm just. I'm just saying what I see yeah. from an, as an ex-player of what's going on to the club, but they, they, they won't get relegated. I mean, 18 to Coral, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> Kelly, thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I can't see it happening. Um, I'd think a top half finish yeah, um, yeah. for Arsenal this year, but yeah. I don't, they have too many good technically yeah. gifted players, quality players to allow that to happen. Yeah, I would agree with you both. Cannot see Arsenal getting relegated. But 18-1 to are the odds if you do fancy that. Uh, Liverpool v Chelsea. Got to talk about the late kickoff on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, two of your former clubs, Joe. This yeah. should be a tasty one, this, shouldn't it? Yeah, good game. Two good sides. Good game. I don't think, whatever result, I don't think it will define the season for... for, for I could see it being a draw. I don't think it will design, uh, define it because they'll both be there or thereabouts. I watched Liverpool live against Burnley they was excellent mm-hmm. having having Van Dyke back alongside Matip they was very very fucking very exciting good. that Van Dyke. I tell you it's so much football yeah. and the presence that I always feel watching Van Dyke. it's not just his ability but it's how he lifts yeah. the rest of the team he's, he's, he's a monster player yeah, isn't he yeah he's a monster player and I don't know if you see it Kel, but I think I think Jurgen Klopp give the Barnes and um, Wood a little bit of stick for trying to mm. talk, ruffle him a little bit and um, it just First of all, they they did they did what you'd expect from them, and they was backing onto him. And but he just was un unfallible. Is that the word? Un, un <laughs> I don't know. Like they they were pushing on. Un, they, yeah. they were trying to back into him, probably stamping on his foot. Yeah, good old fashions. And he was just like a. Like a Rolls Royce, yeah. it was fantastic. It's a good way to describe him. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he's, the aura that he has about yeah. him, when just yeah. the way he holds himself yeah. and conducts himself on the pitch, I think he's a leader, isn't he? Yeah. And other players look look at that. Do, and... do, do you know what, Kel? I'd like to do. If, if you could have, if I could have a time machine, I'd like to take Van Dyke back there <laughs> and put him against a prime Costa or a prime Drogba. Because would you? I'm, I'm going to be a, so a physical player talking about yeah, how he coach. And, and have the yeah. ability, like the the. the because of the, the framework of the game, the referee let things go. Yeah, where they could, you know, because he's so bigger, stronger, You'd like to see and you come smoother. out top in that. In that, yeah, no, uh, he's so bigger, stronger, and smoother than anyone else. If you haven't got the ability to to be a bit nasty with him, mm. I don't, I, I don't think any striker in the league can can touch him. Mm. The only person I think could give him huge trouble is in Europe. Two players is, is Haaland and Mbappe. Mm. Now, yeah. and that would just be because of pure pace. What about Lukaku? That would be interesting. But yeah, Lukaku hasn't... Lukaku can't play like Drogba. Do you know what I mean? Drogba, yeah. Drogba was... Drogba was... He knew how to... The dark arts. He knew when to hold a shirt. He knew when to to back onto someone. You, you know, you know he, yeah. he enjoyed that side of it. If Lukaku does that, the size of him, he, he's going to get a, a, a yellow card. Mm. So he's very much... Football now has evolved into very much a standoffish thing. Jurgen Klopp was moaning about it. I was at the game. I didn't think there was anything wrong with any of the tackles, but um, he wasn't happy. But but I think Lukaku, if allowed to to get physical with him, that would be a hell of a battle. But yeah, how do you see that battle going, Kelly? Van Dijk against Lukaku. It is a battle. There's so many battles all over the pitch, but it's one that a lot of fans have been talking about ahead of this one, yeah, isn't it's it? It's mouthwatering, isn't it? It is. It is really. Yeah, I can't wait to see how it evolves. But you know, he's so good with his back to goal and mm. so strong bringing mm. others into play but it's just how um, Van Dyke deals with that mm. yeah I'm looking forward to that right Kelly we're going to put you on the spot a bit here we've got Coral's football super series game so I'm going to ask you four simple questions about the Liverpool Chelsea game they say simple questions but they're tough answers to get on they first no. goal scorer so who are, you, who are you going for for the first goal scorer I think it's a tough one Joe in this mm. game I think with the Liverpool crowd yeah there, I think it's their second time that they've yeah. 
the the crowd at Anfield would have been there yeah. since they full, won the Premier League. Full crowd since yeah. they won the Premier League. Yeah. I think it'd be rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a, an extra player for Liverpool. I think Mo Salah has a great goal scoring record. It's against his form, mm-hmm. former club. I think I'll, I'll go for him. Okay, Mo Salah, who are you going with, Joe? I'll definitely go with a Chelsea player. Yeah. Um, Is that I'll because you'll get pelters if you don't? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I can see what Kelly's going with there because, yeah, it it will be It'll a cauldron, especially Chelsea coming it's to a bit town. Of a, a bit of a, I know it's not a derby, but you, you a remember your era. Yeah, Liverpool and Chelsea seem to play each other in so many cup games and the league. Yeah. And there is a rivalry there, isn't it? What, yeah, what it's a huge like rivalry. To, to um, they was, again, it was like a cauldron. Was it? All them games, I think, you know, Liverpool... Chelsea, London club. I think yeah. the, the cultures of both clubs are perceived to be so different. Mm. So it's a culture clash. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go with Big Rom. Yeah, carrying okay. his run going. Yeah, and um, but yeah, I'm, I'm massive mouth for him against against uh, Van Dyke. Yeah, two good shouts there, Lukaku mm. and Salah. Next up, uh, this is a bit of a trickier one. Time of first away team goal. So the away team is Chelsea. The time. Yeah. Oh, Chelsea's first goal. I do think they were score. Mm. Okay. Um, Twenty-three minutes. Twenty-four nights. So you think yeah. you think Salah gets the first? Yep. So it's an exciting I game. It, 20, Twenty-three minutes. End to end. Rock and roll yeah. football. Yeah. Yep. Twenty-three minutes for Chelsea. Can you see that? Well, you're going wrong first goal score. I'm going right? wrong first goal score, but I think it'll be in the second half. Okay. Like, maybe sort of. I'm going to go sixty. I'm thinking a tight game. So you're thinking a cagey affair, but they're feeling each other out. This yeah, cagey affair. Okay, cagey affair. Uh, how many yellow cards? When people like to have a flutter on yellow cards? Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a physical, feisty game because uh, we were just talking about the rivalry. I'd mm. say four. Four yellow cards. I think it's quite high. What are you saying, Joe? Um, I'll go under. So I'll go three. Okay. Yeah. Three yellow cards. And finally, how many corners? Oh, let's just throw this yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we're going to be watching this game with these predictions. So, yeah. if anyone coming will mention yeah. on the pod next okay. week, of course. I'd say seven. Seven corners. More. More. Yeah, I'll straight in. Eleven. Eleven corners. Okay, there we go. They are the predictions <laughs> from Kelly and Joe. Yeah, <laughs> whether you want to use that as inspiration, it is up to you at home. You can play at home. Uh, head to coral.co.uk. Answer questions correctly, you will win cash prizes, but do gamble responsibly. Joe, listen to this. Chelsea to beat Liverpool 2-1 and Lukaku to score first. 22-1 with Coral. What are your thoughts? Tasty. Yeah? Tasty. You can see the big man scoring first and it will be cagey. So, yeah, that's that's a good bet. Now. You like that? Uh, Kelly, like love to have you on the pod. I think it's only right to sort of end it by talking about the women's game now and you, you describe yourself, many people describing Kelly as a trailblazer for women's football. So how, how proud of you with how far the women's game has come because you've got all the broadcasting rights for WSL, we've got the women's Euros in the summer. It's a very exciting time for women's football at the minute. Yeah, it really is. I'm buzzing. Um, just feel very proud to have played a small part in where the, the games come now. It's, it's evolved full mm-hmm. circle, as we said before. I was having to pay to play. And when I finished my career, I was a full-time professional um, with Arsenal Mm -hmm. playing in in the league. So the visibility now is key, seeing the games on TV, on mainstream TV, Mm -hmm. and for young boys and girls to accept that women do play football, it's the norm. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people's perceptions have changed over the past few years with 
with how good women's football is. Mm. Uh, and it's going to get better with the, the right sponsorship, the, the money that's involved in the game now. And like you said, the England team, are, are, I feel like, are so close to winning mm. a yeah. Euros or a World Cup. And I think if they could do that, the game again would take another... I think that would go on to another level even I more. I absolutely exciting. think yeah. that will happen, yeah. yeah. And same question to you, Joe. I mean, it's great. Obviously, you've been involved yeah. in the men's game for so long, but it's great to see women's yeah. football getting the detention, attention that it deserves. And yeah, nah. It's an exciting time, isn't it? Yeah, Kelly's been very humble, saying so a small punch, but a huge part in mm. that. Um, it's great. Like I said, my little girl's 11 and she goes and she goes training football and, and there's and it's busy. You know, it's, there's nice. loads of girls doing mm. it and that is fantastic. And when I was over in playing in the States, it's getting more like that over here. Like it's, 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 um, it's normal for, the, for mm. the girls to be playing the sports and, and all kids need to be doing sports, especially nowadays with all of the you know, all the distractions on the phone and yeah. all these things that, you know... And all the health benefits it brings as well. Yeah, the health benefits, the the life skills, you know, uh, social social teamwork. aspect, mm. teamwork. is so important. And for any parents listening out there and they've got young girls, young boys, they get to an age where they get them into team sports, get them into, get them into football. It's, what ha- we it's the young girls having that opportunity to play. Yeah. You know, I didn't have an opportunity to play mm. with girls. I was in boys' team. So mm. now there's so many young girls' teams out mm. there and they can look up and say, I want to be a professional footballer because they can see it now. Yeah. The league is professional. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a perfect note to end it on. Yeah. Kelly Smith, MBE, <laughs> legend of the game. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Uh, great, great to have you on. <laughs> uh, you, you know where Thanks. to find us, uh, Joe, YouTube channel, or wherever you get your podcast from. That, of course, is All to Play For with myself and Joe Cole, brought to you by Joe and Coral. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs>